Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. First, there was PlayStation, a.k.a. PS1. Then there's PS2, PS3, and now PS4. And that makes sense. You'd think after Xbox, there'd be Xbox 2. But no. Next came Xbox 360. Hmm? And now, after 360, comes Xbox One. Why one? Maybe that's how many seconds of thought they put into naming it. Can you get the butter, please? Yeah. However, with the Xbox One, I can control my entire entertainment system using voice commands. Up until now, I've had to use Leonard. Then get the other one. Pass the butter. Get, hang on. I don't feel like you're taking this dilemma seriously. Fine, Sheldon. You have my undivided attention. Okay, now, the PS4 is more angular and sleek looking. No way! It's true, but the larger size of the Xbox One may keep it from overheating. Well, you wouldn't want your gaming system to overheat. No, see, well, you absolutely would not. And furthermore, the Xbox One now comes with a Kinect included. Included? Yes. Not sold separately. You, although the PS4 uses cool new GDDR5 RAM, while the Xbox One is still using the conventional DDR3 memory. Why would they still be using DDR3? Are they nuts? <laughs> See, that's what I thought. But then they go and throw in an ES RAM buffer. Oh, wait, wait a second. Who's they? The Xbox. You're kidding! No, I am not. And this ES RAM buffer should totally bridge the 100 gigabit per second bandwidth gap between the two RAM types. This is a nightmare. How will you ever make a decision? See, I don't know. What should I do? Please pass the butter! Well, hello and welcome everybody. I'm so glad that you're all here tonight. My name's Jamie and I'm the Revive Young Adult Minister here at Oaks West Des Moines campus. Any of you Big Bang Theory fans? Okay, some of you small but mighty, I love it. Uh, so it, what you saw in the clip there is what we're going to be talking about tonight, which is listening. And I know you're all super good listeners because you literally came to sit here and listen to me talk for like a half an hour or something like that, but we're still going to talk about listening and being good listeners in this series that we're doing right now called Emotionally Healthy Relationships based on the work of Pete and Jerry Scazzaro. They wrote this book called Emotionally Healthy Relationships, and if you've been around Revive for a while, you know I'm a big fan of theirs and all their emotionally healthy work that they've done. And so, uh, yes, we're going to be talking about listening and listening deeply. Here's the thing about listening is I felt really insecure when I was putting this message together uh, for one main reason, and that is literally because we all can listen. Like the things that I'm talking about tonight don't feel groundbreaking. They don't feel brand new. They don't feel like shiny or like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that before. Like we're talking about using your ears and listening to input that is coming your way. Like it seems pretty easy easy and pretty basic, right? But here's the thing about 
easy or simple. Um, I go to a physical therapist. Any of you go to physical, well, you don't have to raise your hand for your medical stuff. Like don't, (laughs) you don't have to, (laughs) whatever. Um, I go to physical therapy to help with some things that I have um, happening in my body. And one of the things that my physical therapist, wow, physical therapist assigned me to do is this really simple exercise. Just do it five to 10 minutes a day. Sounds like really easy. No big deal. It's one movement just one movement and I hold it over uh, a period of five minutes and then do the other side, 10 minutes done. Now, would you think uh, that it's easy? Yes. Do you think that I find 10 minutes in my day to do something that I know I need to do? You are smart people. No, uh, it's so difficult. And so the thing about uh, listening is like my physical therapy exercises. There's something about it that's just so simple. Sounds so easy, but so often we just get tripped up and in our own way when it comes to our relational health and our physical health and listening well, and there's just a lot of things that get in the way of us listening deeply to one another, and so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, I want you to just think about the clip that you just saw. Think about Amy, think about Sheldon, think about their experience of being in this same moment together, but just kind of wildly missing one another, and maybe you've been in an experience like that where you feel unheard, and you continue to feel unheard, and I invite you to consider the feeling of how it feels to remain unheard, to not just be not understood or to not, you know, uh, figured out in the moment, to not have somebody, like, understand what you're trying to say, but to remain unlistened to, to remain unheard. It's not a great feeling. And um, as if we thought maybe we were really good listeners or whatever, there's a good, easy litmus test um, that the author of this book, um, Emotionally Healthy Relationships, writes. And I'd like you to just all consider this like really basic test um, about how we are as listeners. He says um, in this book, he writes, when is the last time someone said to you, let me tell you about those Christians. They're fantastic listeners. I have never seen a group of people more interested to know my world, curious, asking questions, listening to me. Oof. <laughs> Man, I didn't really mean to start with like some gut punches, but I guess here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, this doesn't feel good. This feels like an oops, like a missed moment. I can't tell you the last time anyone said to me, "Man, let me tell you about Christians. They're just such good listeners." They really have taken the time to enter into my world, to put their stuff aside, to sit and to listen deeply to me. So what I'd like to do is invite us into an exercise together. Now, we used to do things like this every so often pre-COVID. I have not asked Revive Young Adults within this worship service to talk to each other in like two years, and I'm going to tonight. And if that gives, yeah, ooh, if that gives you sweaty pits, I have them too. (laughs) It's okay, we're gonna make it through together. And so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna, we're gonna put a timer on the screen in just a moment that's 30 seconds long. So I know, I, thank you, Kevin, that was dramatic. <laughs> um, for 30 seconds, I'm gonna ask you to pair up and I'm gonna ask you to share with the one other person that you're paired up with about the neighborhood that you grew up, grew up in or games that you liked as a kid. You have an option. And the speaker in your pair is gonna talk straight for 30 seconds. For some of you, that is not a problem. For others of you, that is a little bit of a stretch. I'm asking you to just kind of meet in the middle and talk. And if you need to just vamp and make stuff up, you can vamp and make stuff up for 30 seconds. So one person's going to go and they're going to talk for 30 seconds. Listener, 
Your job when that 30 seconds is done is to repeat back to the speaker in as much detail as possible what you heard them say. And then after that round, we're going to flip and we'll uh, do that. Any questions? One person's going to talk about this for 30 seconds. Okay, let's go ahead, uh, grab a partner. I'll give you like five seconds to grab a partner. Five, four, three, two, one, and then let's roll the timer. Three, two, one, and time. Now, listener, listener, repeat back in as much detail as possible what you heard them say. On your marks, get set, go. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now we are going to switch. So the person who listened is now going to become the speaker. You're going to share for 30 seconds about your answers to these questions, and then we'll do the same thing. Are we ready? Okay, and let's hit the timer. time, time. All right, so listener, it's your turn now. Repeat back everything you heard in as much detail as possible. On your marks, get set, go. Give your partners a high five if you want to and say, you sound like a really cool kid. You sound like a really cool kid. All right, now I am going to continue to ask for some audience participation. I'm just curious to have a few people raise their hands and tell me what did it feel like for you as the speaker to share that and know that someone was listening that intently to you and as a what did it feel like to listen, not just to react or to respond, but literally to mirror back to that person? Just share with me a couple words about what that experience was like. Raise your hand and all. 
ask you. Uh, yeah, in the corner. High pressure. High pressure. Yes. Thank you for your honesty. What do you say? Intense. Intense. Yes. Okay. What else? Yeah. I felt more pressure the less time I had. Yes. More pressure the less time you had to like get it all out. Yes. Yes. What else? It was like a quiz. I literally asked for a quiz to happen. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Paris. Couple more. Yeah, Chris. No. Oh, it looked like your hand, Chris. Hey, yes. You actually had to listen more intently. Yeah. Imagine. I love that. Thank you for saying that so well. That was lit. I'm, actually, that was perfect. I'm not going to ask for any more because that was literally amazing. Isn't it so different to listen intently and to listen deeply? It's intense. It's high pressure to actually let someone know that you feel heard. How many of you flex this listening deeply muscle on a daily basis? Okay, some of you do. Wow, that's awesome. Wow, you get a A plus or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, listening is really important. And uh, whoops. Here's an in- yeah, we're gonna do it again. No, here's an interesting concept when it comes to listening and to listening deeply, to listening intently to other people. So that we do not see things as they are, but we see things as we are. And we often listen to people not as they are, but we listen to people as we are. Because we constantly have these filters and these lenses. I have um, a pretty significant um, eye prescription. I wear contacts because otherwise I have like the really, really thick goggles. It's like, I don't know how many of you go to the eye doctor, but they do like one, two, and then they're like, which one's better? And you're like, I don't know, do them again. And then three, four, and you're, I'm like, I don't know, do them again. So they do three, four, and then which one is better? Four, okay, four or five. I don't know, do them again. It's a terrible, it's a terrible time. They have to put up with a lot from me. But it's like that when we're listening. We've got all of these filters that when we're trying to listen or attempting to listen or honestly not even attempting to listen, that we don't often hear people actually as they are. We hear people as we are and what we bring to a listening sort of situation, which is honestly a really important concept for us to pay attention to as followers of Jesus Christ who are not known for our deep listening skills. Uh, So we filter. And here's the other thing. I don't know about you, but I can tell when someone's not listening to me. Like the eye contact, eye contact is just not there. Maybe they've got like a leg thing going on, like their leg is just bouncing or they're like doing like weird things with their hands or whatever. Or they're like... (sighs) (laughs) like breathing deeply. Uh, You can tell when somebody's not listening to you and it doesn't feel great, right? Like, because we see things not as they are, but as we are, and that's what we bring to deep listening. And one of the reasons that listening is so important, uh, this theologian David Augsburger writes this, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. Being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. When was the last time you deeply listened to someone and felt loved? I hope it was recently. And when was the last time you listened deeply to someone and helped them to feel loved? I hope, again, it was recently. This is really crucial for not just emotionally healthy relationships, but for like, Jesus. (laughs) 
<laughs> so one of my other favorite theologians, Henry Nowen, writes this about listening. From experience, you know that those who care for you become present to you. When they listen, they listen to you. When they speak, they know that they speak to you. Their presence is a hearing presence because they accept you on your terms and they encourage you to take your own life seriously. Does that mean that when we don't listen very well, we're not encouraging people to take their lives seriously or we're communicating that we don't take people seriously? So here's a foundational concept about all this. Just real short, sweet, simple. And there's a couple people in the room tonight that have this on a t-shirt, which is fantastic. Love listens. Easy peasy. I feel like there's a lot of things I can't always remember from sermons. This is something I hope that sticks, that love listens. I was at a conference in um, Arizona for work recently, and this was the theme of the entire conference, that love listens, that this is so important, so incredibly important right now, almost like a North Star for the rest of our year, a North Star for our generation, a North Star in this season for the church that love listens. And if you've been around Revive for a while, you know one of my favorite authors is Pete Gregg. He wrote a book called Dirty Glory that we based a sermon series on this fall. And several of you are in a small group that just finished his book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Ordinary People or something like that is what it's called. And he said this at the conference that I was at. He said, love listens before it speaks. It feels real. We know it because this is our personal experience of being listened to or not listened to, right? So as if we're, we're just gonna keep kind of like circling like an airplane on this whole listening thing because I just wanna say it in as many different ways possible. What is the goal of listening? Like, have you ever thought about this? Like, what is the goal of opening your ears and your heart to somebody? Well, the goal of listening, um, as they write in Emotionally Healthy Relationships, is not only to hear information, but so that the person speaking feels heard by the listener. And I wanna call your attention to one word in that last sentence I just said, feels. Feels heard. Yeah, I'm listening to you. Someone's talking to me. Like, yeah, I'm listening. Like, I'm doing this thing. I'm playing Wordle. Or I'm like <laughs> playing Mario Kart or something like that. And like, someone's giving me, a, yeah, I'm listening. Am I, it, I might actually be listening and I might genuinely be taking in the information, but are they going to feel heard if this is what I'm doing? The goal of listening is not only to hear information, but so that the person speaking feels heard by the listener. Pete writes in the book, um, the prize is emotional connection, not information. Listen for emotional connection. It's a different frame than how we've been listening to one another on social media these days, how we've been listening to each other based on like things happening in the news these days. Listening can be really hard. I also don't know if like this is a can of forms I want to open, but it feels right in the moment to say this. We're two years away from another presidential election. Let's not wait two years yet again to figure out how to listen to one another well and love one another well. Let's start now. What if we started now to begin to listen to people, not only that we love, that we haven't been listening to very well, but what if we started listening to people that we disagree with, listening so that they feel heard, 
That is swimming upstream. That is not easy, but I can almost guarantee you, thinking about that quote that we opened with about the church and about Christians, there's a call on us as people of God to listen and to listen well, to listen deeply, because love listens. So that's the goal of listening, not just information, but emotional connection. So I invite you to consider what have been the barriers for you lately when you've been listening to people. I know these are things that I've experienced in my own life. This is by no means an exhaustive list. I just kind of thought, I sat down and thought about what are the barriers to listening? Hurry is probably number one. Uh, oh, I, 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 it's really nice to see you, but like I'm on my way to do this thing. And so it was really nice to see you. Bye. <laughs> Hurry. Pride. Ugh, they're just so... Uh, Emotional arrogance, might I add spiritual arrogance. (laughs) Boundaries are really good, do not get me wrong. But sometimes we misuse boundaries and we will withhold listening ears or withhold love because like my boundaries are just like, I just need space for me right now. (laughs) Our offendedness is a barrier to listening. And sometimes I think, man, our own voice is just too loud. And I don't just mean that we're like literally being too loud in a conversation, although that might be true. I don't just mean our our voice is too loud in taking up airtime in a conversation, although that is true. I also mean like our internal voice, like sometimes our own anxiety and the own things, our own things that we're so consumed by just put up a barrier between us even having the space to listen to somebody else. And so, now that we've talked about like the difficulty, uh, difficulties of listening and the importance of listening, I want us to have an example of, of what does it look like to listen and, and begin to increasingly put like a theological frame around this. So two different verses. One is from the opening of John. There's this like poem in John chapter one before we get to how Jesus was born or any of Jesus's ministry or anything like this. John writes this beautiful poem that's really packed with a lot of theological gold. Um, And and so John writes, uh, in the beginning, the word already existed. And this is a throwback to Genesis. John is beginning his gospel in the same way that Genesis was begun. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only son. So the word became human and made his home among us made his home among us, became incarnate. God made flesh, the word of God that was spoken in Genesis, also becoming the word of God in flesh, came to earth and bridged these two worlds of heaven and earth. And Jesus literally like crosses this, Jesus stands in the middle and creates this pathway between heaven and between earth because Jesus, the word, became human and made his home among us. This is really critical for us to understand about the incarnation. What does this mean that God became human for our capacity or desire to listen to other people? So taking it a little bit step further, um, in Mark chapter five, there's this story that Shannon in announcements just mentioned, having no idea I was gonna talk about this tonight. And I was like, hey oh, God, I see you. This is exciting. We lay in this guy. Um, so this is a, a story that's buried within another story. Someone asked Jesus to come heal a member of their family. And on the way, uh, this happened. So Jesus went with him 
And all these people followed, crowding around him. Get a picture of this. Jesus is going somewhere uh, with this person who has required Jesus's presence. And there's a crowd of people and they're crowding around Jesus. Like we've got like a sardine situation here. There's just a lot of people bumping up against each other. A woman who was in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she'd gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Continuing on the next couple of verses, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? They're like Lydia, or Lydia. <laughs> They're like literally, that's my sister's name, that's funny. <laughs> They're like literally, <laughs> that was really great. I have to tell you about this later, okay. <laughs> His disciples were like, literally Jesus, 50 people just touched you in the last second. Like, what do you mean? Who touched me? There's this crowd of people pressing in on us. But Jesus kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, your suffering is over. Not only is it this incredible story of healing of this thing that this woman had desired for, for like 12 years and had this courage to fight through this crowd, which if she'd had this constant bleeding, that would make her unclean. Thereby, if she touched Jesus, she would make him unclean. Like there's all these different layers to that. And those things are in this story as well. But the thing I want you to really pay attention to in this story is that in the middle of this crowd, Jesus demanded that he be able to listen to her. In the middle of chaos, God demanded to look her in the eye and listen. In the middle of a crowd of people, it would have been really easy for any one of us in a hurry, with some pride, with all the things that we've talked about as barriers to just be like, oh man, someone bumped into me and it felt weird and whatever, I'm just gonna keep going. Jesus demanded that he be able to stop and listen to her. There are no barriers that keep God from listening to you. And I know that it can be like, well, yeah, I pray, I pray, and like, I know, I trust that God hears me, and like, so I'll just keep throwing some up or whatever. But I want you to be reminded tonight, whatever the thing is that you've been praying about, the thing is that you've been longing for, so we talk about listening to one another, it's not just about what's happening between us. We listen because of how we have been listened to. And there are no barriers that keep God from hearing you. I want to reassure you of that. I want to encourage you in that. You might be getting a different answer than this woman, that's for sure. But that doesn't mean that God is not hearing you. There are no barriers that keep God from hearing from you. Jesus demands the ability to hear from you. Uh, when one of my friends wanted to get a tattoo a couple years ago, this is the first time I'd ever gone with someone else to get a tattoo. And so we went to um, a tattoo place downtown Des Moines. And this is what she wanted on her body. I'd never heard of this verse before. And I just think it is most delightful. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. 
Because he bends down to listen, I'll pray as long as I have breath. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. God hears you and God continues to hear you and be curious and desirous of knowing what you have to say. God knows what you're gonna say, but God still wants to hear it. Just like a parent um, when you come home from school or a babysitter that really loves you when you come home from school might already have gotten some updates about you via <laughs> uh, like school messaging platforms or whatever, but they still absolutely wanna hear how your day has been. God really still wants to hear from you. God listens to you and we get to extend that sacred space to other people. So when we talk about listening and listening deeply and listening intentionally, I want to add a layer or a level to this of listening incarnationally. When we think about the book of John, Jesus becoming incarnate, word made flesh, um, part of this saving work of Jesus Christ in this world is becoming God incarnate. We get to listen incarnationally by entering the space of other people. Um, so listening incarnationally, to listen at a heart level with empathy. We're not only attuned to the words, but also to the nonverbals and to the feelings of what is being extended to us. Empathy being one of the most important parts of that. And so uh, we're going to watch a clip from one of my absolute favorite people, Brene Brown. I know you have a lot of Brene Brown fans in the room. Do we have any Brene Brown fans in the room? Two people raised their hands. Okay, great, exciting. <laughs> um, Brene Brown is a social scientist and researcher who has been um, researching shame, vulnerability, courage, and various emotions, um, and really trying to get granular about the human experience. And so this is a cartoon put together of a voiceover of hers that I think was from a TED Talk. Um, I invite you to listen about what this video is talking about with empathy and what you can glean for your listening skills. Go ahead and take a look. So what is empathy and why is it very different than sympathy? Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions where empathy is relevant and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. <laughs> Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark, I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, and climb down. I know what it's like down here, and you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, it's bad, uh-huh. Uh, no, you want a sandwich? Um, empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable choice, because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, yeah. And we do it all the time. Because you know what? Someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful, and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. Oh, at least you know you can get pregnant. 
I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. (laughs) John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. You can find this on YouTube if you just want to Google Brene Brown empathy or listening. So here's the thing I want to say kind of as we begin to wrap all this up is listening is not something that you just like automatically are good at, generally speaking. And maybe some of you are really good at listening. In my experience, as a pretty decent listener or so, people have told me, I'm like, cool, great, I'm doing it right. Okay, awesome. Is that it has ebbed and flowed over the course of my life. And there are times I know I am not a good listener. So even for a natural listener, just like lifting weights or working out or building habits, this is something that is a continual like maintenance requirer. You don't just live as a good listener always and forever. And so I encourage you to think about how are you growing your listening skills? How are you building that muscle, keeping that muscle um, healthy and growing? And here's uh, one of my favorite Um, One of my favorite authors, Andrew Root, um, he's actually a professor at the seminary that I attend. Um, He really loves studying a Lutheran theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was actually um, a pacifist who then, he was here at a seminary in the United States. He was German um, during World War II. Thank you. (laughs) And (laughs) I heard that. And as a pacifist, was really disturbed to hear what was happening with Hitler and um, what was happening over in his home country. And he actually ended up going home and deciding to become a part of a plot to assassinate Hitler. And then he was actually killed for his part in that plot. But so Dietrich is a fascinating theologian, has really gotten into the the weeds of, of life and theology as well. So Andrew is quoting Dietrich Bonhoeffer here um, in some of his work in summarizing. To be in relationship with one another is to encounter Jesus Christ who is beside us and for us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer also writes in his book, Life Together, we did a sermon series on that here at Hope and a Revive a couple years ago, that Christ mediates our relationships. We do a really poor job of mediating our relationships on our own, generally speaking. But the good news is that Jesus moderates our relationships, that Jesus Christ is beside us. Jesus Christ is within us. Jesus Christ is for us. And so that's really good news. And I invite you to consider and just imagine then. Imagine what would happen if the church started listening and loving so well that we became known to the world for it. What would happen if somebody who wasn't a Jesus person, who might be interested in Jesus, but is really less than thrilled about the Jesus people, said something to you about like, man, someone really listened to me the other day. And I know that they were a Christian and it really just changed my life. Maybe that's a good goal for you and for me in the next week or so, is to listen that deeply to someone, to let them know that they're that loved.
because love listens. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you listen to us, that there's never a thing that we say to you that you don't hear. There's never a thing that we cry out to you that you don't pay attention to. God, you hear all of the cries of our heart. Jesus, thank you for becoming one of us. In that way, we know that you completely understand our human experience. God, help us to have the grace that we need to listen well to one another. Help us to have the grace to listen to ourselves so that we can build the skill of listening to ourselves so that we can listen to other people. God, use us as part of the redemptive and transformative work that you are doing in the world so that the world is different because we listen well. God, let the city of Des Moines be different because we listen to our neighbors well. God, wherever it is that we are, help us to not be overwhelmed with like, well, I can't listen to the whole world. Well, we can listen to one person. God, point out to, the, to us a person that you want us to listen to really well this week. God, change us from, from the inside out. We love you and we lift all this up to you in Jesus' name. And all God's kids said, amen. amen. Let's stand and worship. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines. And we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.